Welcome, welcome to Down with the Ship uh, Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Matty Mayhem, and with me is my co-host, Sean Carnage. Say what's up, Sean. What's up, y'all? And we're here bringing you our second episode of Down with the Ship. And we want to start off by thanking those of you who uh, gave us a listen the first time around uh, for our first episode. We are available on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, and uh, we actually have some subscribers now. And if you listened and and you liked what you heard and you subscribed, a special thank you to you. And if you listened and you didn't like what you hear, that's okay, too, because uh, we're assuming... You listen to us because you are Raider fans. I mean, why else would anybody listen? I guess you could hate listen to a podcast. Uh, that doesn't really make much sense. But if you listen to us and, and, and you're part of Raider Nation, we're doing this for you. I mean, we're bringing this content for you. And we want to contribute to the, the, the wonderful Raider content out there and kind of make our mark uh, on the uh, Raiders podcasting uh, world. And so we thought we'd start uh, this week by mentioning some of the current podcasts that kind of inspired us or influenced us to, to do this, uh, the podcast thing. And so we'll start with my favorite, Locked On Raiders podcast with Q Myers. To me, Q has basically become the voice of the Raiders. I've been following Q since he was doing Black Hole Banner podcast with uh, James Arcelana. Q went on to do Locked On Raiders. And he's also got a radio show over in Las Vegas called Unnecessary Roughness, where it's Raiders content. I mean, so Q really has his pulse on the organization, and uh, I love what he brings. I, I, you know, I love listening to him, and he gives us the content five days a week. I mean, you really can't argue with that. I mean, no matter what day it is, no matter you know if it's off season or the regular season, Q's going to bring the content. Yeah, my man Q is one of the hardest in the business right now. I mean, he's he's got his fingers in everything. The Locked On Raiders podcast, it is my first listen every day. I put it on when I'm on my way to work, and I listen to what he's got to say. And he's got his daytime show on my way home, you know, and I'll bust out the Raiders app, and you can listen to Unnecessary Roughness through the Raiders app right there and um, and, and never miss a thing. And, uh, man, just giving it to us five days a week, it's like I need that content every single day. And the various friends, you know, my homie Josh I shared it with, whatever, like we're always talking, like, hey, did you hear what Q said today? Did you hear what Q said today? And it, it, it's, it comes from a Raiders perspective, but at the same time, it's no BS kind of like take on things. So I, I love that. Yeah, another podcast that I like uh, or that we listen to is uh, Silver and Black Today with Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. I know that they bring the content almost as frequently as uh, Q does. I know that they have two full shows, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, and on Friday they do a Q&A. But Mo Moten especially is somebody that I can count on for reliable Raiders uh, takes. Uh, I know that he is pretty dead on when he makes guesses about what the Raiders are going to do and or how they're going to do and 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 9 times out of 10 he you know he's right on. Yeah, I'm pretty new uh listener to Silver and Black today, but since I've been listening to him, I'm impressed. I love the dynamic between Mo and Scott. And I mean, they got they got a good thing going on over there. Another podcast obviously that we listen to is uh, State of the Nation. That's a podcast done through the Athletic. I know the the podcasters on that podcast, Vic Tafer, Jimmy Durkin, Tashaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Those guys were uh, Raiders. Well, they they are still Raiders beat writers, and they have their pulse on the organization, or their finger on the pulse of the organization, I should say. And they bring it pretty 100 all the time. I would say that they definitely don't sugarcoat anything, uh, and they hold a mirror up to the Raiders for Raider Nation, warts and all. And And lately, it's been kind of negative, but you know, maybe that's warranted. I know out of out of those dudes, I especially like Ted Wynn. I've been following him for a long time. Uh, I know he used to be a Raider fan. He might still be secretly, but you know, he's come out and said recently that he he 
kind of isn't a fan anymore because being a part of the media, you're not supposed to be a fan. I mean, you're supposed to give unbiased feedback. And so I, I understand why he says he's not a fan anymore, but he was. And uh, I know he especially really understands the game of the different systems that are run, offense and defense, uh, and what you know what players fit in those systems and how they do. And, and you know, and he always gives kind of rundowns of 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 plays and and things that worked and things that didn't work. And so I, I really trust his uh, his input more than almost anybody's. Yeah, number one, State of the Nation. Man, I just love that name for a podcast. And I think they had a vote on it or something like that. But, I mean, I just think it's a really clever, like, uh, name for a podcast or whatever. But it's kind of like a give-it-to-me-straight doc. You know, like, there's no sugarcoating, like you said. And none of these guys are real, like, Raiders fans. But they're there all the time. They've been there through the, you know, the players that have come in and out, you know. And, and they're seeing everything, all the changes that have been made. And they've all been there while it hasn't been working, just like we have. And so it's kind of it's kind of... It's a, it's a good way to it's a good spot to like get information that's not biased and not just from a Raider fan. It's kind of like exactly what's going on at least on those guys' perspective. Yeah, and the other thing about these podcasts is they, you know, all of these guys have access to the team. I mean, I know Q and Deshaun Reed and Vic Tafer and, and uh, those dudes are able to go in and, and you know, interview the players and or have the players call in or talk to them, but they they have access to that. Uh, which definitely sets them apart from just like fan podcasts. So we appreciate the input that we get, and you know, and the the uh, up close and personal player interaction that comes with uh, following those podcasts. But there is something to be said about the fan podcasts as well. You know, uh, one of my favorites. I don't know if they're around anymore, but I used to follow the Pillaging podcast with uh, Kenny Stapler and Che. I love those dudes. I used to listen to those guys all the time. I, I don't think that they've done anything uh, lately. Hopefully they're not done because um, I definitely appreciate their content. But uh, Kenny and Che, uh, I just, I mean, those are, those are Raider fans that love the Raiders. And, and, you know, they're bringing their content for Raider fans just kind of like what we're doing here. The thing I like the most, I think, about those dudes is that, you know, every episode, Che starts out opening a chelas, you know, uh, a beer of some sort, you know, mentioning which one he's drinking that day and kind of describing the way that it is. I think that's a unique uh, way to open up a podcast. I've got a beer right now. Yeah, uh, as but, do I. But it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing exotic. You know, it's just a Corona. But it's Saturday, and I'm off. So why not? Hey, if you guys got a beer in your hand right now, cheers to you guys for listening to us. You know, it's it, like Matt said, it is Saturday. We're glad to have you guys. And you know what? Being a Raider fan, they cause us to drink sometimes. You know what I mean? Especially on game day. All right, so let's uh, move to our next segment where we're going to discuss the perception that the Raiders have become. The Patriots West. <laughs> There's a lot of Raider fans up in arms about this idea uh, because, again, as Raider fans, we hate the Patriots. You know, ever since the Tuck Rule and Tom Brady, you know, it was 100% a fumble. That was ridiculous. Uh, that was just another way for the league to screw us over. But we hate the Patriots, and 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 we believe that Al Davis is rolling over in his grave, seeing that McDaniel's and Ziegler are bringing over all these Patriots. But again. The Patriots have won how many championships? And Al Davis was all about just win baby. So you almost have to assume that he doesn't care as long as Mark eventually brings a championship back to the silver and black. But I do want to talk about all these guys that they have brought over, obviously besides McDaniels and Ziegler. I know they brought over as coaches Mick Lombardi, who was the quarterback coach over there in New England. They brought him over to be the offensive coordinator in name only. I mean, he's basically... Uh, 
glorified quarterbacks coach because we know McDaniels is the one calling the plays over there. You know, it's his show. But Mick Lombardi actually is the son of Michael Lombardi, who used to be the Raiders general manager. So there is a connection there. Michael Lombardi, obviously the general manager back in the uh, the Al Davis-Amy Trask days. I mean, so it's been a minute. I think he might have been there with Gruden uh, and then uh, Callahan towards the end. I could be wrong, but there is a Raider connection there even though he is a former Patriot coach. Of course, they also brought over Bo Hardegree, defensive assistant Rob Ryan, and just newly hired Danny Amendola, who I think that they're going to make a uh, return specialist coach, or he's going to help out with special teams. uh, And, you know, again, all Patriot ties... Danny Amendola is especially interesting because, I mean, that dude was killer back uh, when he was on the Patriots. And, you know, this is his first foray into coaching. And so we'll obviously give him the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, he can only help, you know. I mean, he's obviously going to learn on the job. But, I mean, isn't Danny Amendola what we hope uh, Hunter Renfro becomes? So maybe they can kind of pick his ear and, and, you know, figure out how to kind of get the best out of Hunter. What do you think about that hire? Yeah, we definitely need some help in that kick return area. Uh, we I haven't seen a kick return touchdown since I can't even remember who did that. I don't know if you remember, but um, yeah, we could use all the help we can get. And with his time in the slot, kind of where we're imagining Hunter being right there with uh, Jacoby Myers on the outside now, more more time in the slot there for Hunter, he could definitely help with that. You know, he's got a lot of time in this league, has a lot of postseason history with the Patriots, and I think he could be a good young addition. And then if you look at all these players that they've brought over from the Patriots, and I'll just run down the list here, as far as quarterbacks, you know, obviously Jimmy G. But, you know, they recently just signed Brian Hoyer, which everybody saw coming a mile away. I mean, I know Brian Hoyer is not somebody that moves the needle for any of Raider Nation, but (laughs) it is nice to know that both our starting quarterback and the backup are products of the system that's being run. You know, so they know what to do. There's not going to be any learning uh, there. So that, you know, that's definitely a plus. But running down the the rest of the list, we have wide receivers Jacoby Myers, Philip Dorsett, and Isaiah Zuber. Uh, Also DeAndre Carter. And then as far as running backs, Brandon Bolden and fullback Jakob Johnson. And then for offensive tackles, Jermaine Illuminor, Justin Heron came from the Patriots. And finally, uh, defensive end Chandler Jones and defensive tackle Adam Butler. All Patriots players. And so I know that... You know, the perception being that we've become Patriots West and, and, and Raider fans are pissed off. And I get I get that frustration. And I think what adds to it is the fact that that's kind of what McDaniels and Ziegler did a little bit last year. And we won six games, you know, so the fans are already assuming, well, the Patriots way is not working because it didn't work last year. But I will say, I think that. It was like Patriots West light last year. You know, they brought in a little bit, but I mean, Devontae Adams coming in, that guy's not a Patriot. You know, he wasn't a Patriot. And obviously Derek was our quarterback. He's not a Patriot. So the system wasn't necessarily Patriots West. I know they brought in some guys, but not completely. And it didn't work. But I think that that's more uh, because, again, McDaniels and Ziegler probably misjudged the talent that the Raiders had. And actually, we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the Hano Carpenter article. But they probably misjudged the talent that they had, assumed that they could just reload and make a run. But I think it was around the Saints game. Hondo had mentioned in his article, it was around the Saints game when McDaniels and Ziegler were like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work. And so they decided, okay, it's going to have to be a full rebuild And uh, we're going to bring in our guys to do it because, you know, if you want the system to transition over, that's kind of what you have to do. 
Well, I wonder if they kind of had thought before they came over here, you know, the way Davis kind of pitched it to him was like, look, we were just in the playoffs. You know, the team's already pretty much there. We just need you to get us over the hump. And so they signed on with that kind of in mind. And then as the season got, like, deeper, they started realizing, you know, like Davis was pitching it to him like he was selling it to him. And then they started realizing they, – they're seeing what they had. And it wasn't exactly what they expected and saw a lot more holes on the team than they originally anticipated. And so now you're seeing some of the teardown. You know, because it's like, hey, you know what? This is what we thought, but we're not going to quit on this thing. The job's not done. Let's let's build this thing up. And so it does rub me the wrong way because it's the Patriots. You know, if it was any other team, it almost, you know, besides the team in our division, it'd be like, okay, they're going to bring in, you know, the Falcons way. Okay, they're going to start doing this or, or whatever. But because it's the Patriots and that whole Tom Brady fumbled the ball and his career took off after that game and ours just like went into the mud. And I was just waiting for our team to beat Brady in the in the playoffs to kind of get back at him, you know, the Raiders way. And it's uh, now all of a sudden he's retired and it's the Patriots way. But if that's what helps get us some wins, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, just win, baby, right? So if we win, then who cares? And actually, there are two points I want to make about that. The first one is this. We've heard a lot of stuff about Josh McDaniels and how his first time with the Broncos was just laughable. You know, he came in trying to be Bill Belichick Jr. on the field and off the field, and everybody kind of called him out for his asshole tendencies, you know, his my way or the highway. And and he said he's learned from that. And again, referencing the Hondo article, which we'll be talking about towards the end of the podcast today, Hondo says that, you know, off the field, he's he's gotten a lot better. You know, he's gotten a lot more personable and, uh, you know, he's trying to, to, to be a better person and a better man and to try to relate with the players and get them to relate to him and buy into the system. But on the field, he's still Bill Belichick Jr. And, he, and he's very much my way or the highway. You know, that's why he brought in Jimmy G and, and Hoyer and, and, you know, kind of punted Derek Carr because, again, Derek wanted to give his insight and give his input and to change plays. And like David Carr said on an interview, you know, Josh is looking for a robot. He's looking for somebody to just shut their mouth and do their job and run the play that that he calls, you know, and to trust the system. And that that is the Patriot way to, to do your damn job. And so hopefully it works. I'm cautiously optimistic about that. You know, and then the other point I wanted to make is this idea that if Josh McDaniels was in over his head or he was a terrible coach or he didn't know what he was doing, why would all these players come over and, you know, and, and join him? I mean, in my head, with these players coming over, it's it's just a confirmation that they believe in him and they believe in what he can do and what he's done uh, in the league. And so, you know, as Raider fans, I think we should take heart in knowing that, okay, like there are guys that believe in him and that believe in the system. And so hopefully, you know, they can get the rest of the team to buy in. It seems like the team has, uh, for the most part, the players that are there and that the ones who maybe haven't aren't there anymore. Yeah, I think the Raiders are kind of a younger team right now. And a lot of these guys he's bringing over have experience. And maybe they thought the same way. You know, maybe some of these Raiders' first impression of McDaniels was kind of like it was a bit intense for them. You know, it was a bit much. And some of these guys that, that McDaniels brought over, they might have thought the exact same thing, but they watched it work. They watched, they watched it work in New England, and they won championships with it. And they go, okay, we saw the process. We didn't like it at first either. But you know what? It works, and we saw the whole team on the same page, exactly what him and Belichick wanted. And, and and they won championships. And that's that's all this Raiders team needs and wants is championships. You know, nothing else matters. Just we want some more rings. And so hopefully these guys can be, uh, you know, help some of the youngsters in the locker room or even some of the veterans in the locker room buy into this McDaniels thing and uh, get everybody on the same page and start getting some W's. Well, then I guess we'll end the podcast talking about that Hondo Carpenter article that just came out a couple days ago. Um, I think it was Thursday. 
that it came out. But in this article, Hondo Carpenter, obviously writing for Sports Illustrated, uh, he came out with an article, uh, a long bulleted pointed article talking about kind of the state of the Raiders and what's going on behind the scenes with McDaniel, Ziegler, and Davis. And there's a lot of nuggets in this here article. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, uh, but uh, Raider Nation, if you haven't yet, you should check it out because it is very eye-opening. There's some good and there's some bad, but again, I think having a full understanding of what's going on will help either uh, Raider fans to accept that yes, this is a rebuild, but it's not necessarily a full rebuild, uh, and there is a little bit of hope. I think that we can take away from that. And so just some highlights I want to talk about. Hondo mentioned that um, Ziegler and McDaniels kind of watched the Raiders from afar and assumed he saw him obviously get to the playoffs and lose, you know, to the Bengals two years ago. But they, you know, they saw those guys and they saw Derek and they thought we can win with those players. And so they came over and kind of didn't really re- rebuild. It was more of a reload. And, you know, they gave it a go. And and like I had mentioned earlier in the podcast, in the article, it says it was around the Saints game where McDaniels was like, that this isn't going to work. The team itself uh, was kind of lacking in talent and depth. And so they knew that in this offseason, they were going to have to start start over again and kind of get ri- get rid of the 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 bad drafted players or the bad signings that they could get rid of and so that you know that was really eye-opening to me this idea that they kind of admitted that they misjudged the talent that was on the team but I guess it makes sense as to why you know they're kind of doing an about face and going in a different direction at this point especially with starting over and getting rid of Derek who's been the heart and soul of the team for what nine years they also mentioned, again, like I said before, Hondo mentioned in the article that McDaniels is not interested in collaborating with his quarterback uh, at all as far as game plan and game management is concerned. He comes up with the plan with his coaches, and he tells the quarterback, this is what we're doing, and the quarterback's a good soldier and does what he's told. You know, I think that's the way that the whole team is run. And, and from that aspect, that is Patriots West, for sure. That whole do-your-damn-job thing. You know, I, I think... Uh, a good example of that that kind of goes against the you know Raider Nation as a f- family unit is the recent release of Trent Sieg. You know, obviously Trent Sieg, our li- uh, our long snapper, was one of the uh, holy trinity of of special teams players that we have that were just great. I mean, Daniel Carson's our kicker, and AJ Cole's the punter, and Trent Sieg was the long snapper, uh, and they just got rid of Trent Sieg. And I I I know that that took uh, uh, the Raiders as a team by surprise and it took a lot of fans by surprise because like what did Trent Sieg do that warranted being you know cut but I did see that he kind of had more uh, penalties than a long snapper is supposed to have and so I guess from that aspect he wasn't doing his job and so they found him expendable I know that the guy that they did sign to become our new long snapper uh, I don't have his name right now but I know he came from uh, he worked with our special teams coach over in Denver and so, you know, that's another dude that, that knows a guy and he's going to bring in his guy. And I guess, you know, he knows that his guy's going to do his job. And so from that aspect, it, it, it makes sense. It's sad. And, you know, we wish Trent Sieg well. He was awesome. But, you know, it, it's, it's a business. I think if I was a player, I would rather have the coach... And this is just me personally, but I'd rather have the coach that kind of like gave everybody a say or we could talk about this or something. Maybe like Basaccia was, you know, but at the same time, you can't argue with results. I mean, for me, even like running a job, you know, if if everybody's happy around me, all the people working, you know, and, and it, but in the end, I'm not making money, then what good is that? You know, and so this is a business. And if you're not winning championships, you're not trying to make anybody happy. You're trying to get a job done out of these players. And if they're not able to do that 
then you got to move on. And so it's kind of more cutthroat, you know, like I think maybe it's necessary to kind of just come in here and, and, and rule with that iron fist and, and just kind of clean house and, and get this team where it needs to be. Something else that really stood out for me for this uh, Hondo Carpenter article is, you know, is the insight into Davis, uh, Mark Davis, and what's going on in his head. I know he had mentioned in the article that it's really important to Mark to bring a winner to Vegas. You know, obviously, you know, Mark Davis deserves a lot of credit for getting the Raiders a new stadium in Las Vegas. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Allegiant, but it is incredible, Raider Nation. You have to go. I, I know games are so ridiculous. <laughs> you almost got to be, a, you, you almost, it's what, it, what is it like? $800. <laughs> oh man. Are, are they still doing the tours? If they're doing the tours, you got to go on the tour, man. Yeah. The tour is incredible. Uh, you know, with the tour, uh, you know, you, you get to go up, up close with the torch. Uh, they take you down on the field. Uh, you're able to go into the locker room. Uh, you're able to go in the cheerleaders locker room. We have that picture of you jumping into the end zone. Remember that one? Yeah, they said don't be jumping on the field, but I had to get the shot. Yeah, so I mean, if you haven't gone to Allegiant uh, Stadium and taken the tour, you definitely have to do that. That I mean, it is an incredible state-of-the-art facility. But Davis, to his credit, got us a place in, in Las Vegas, you know, and it's really important to him to bring a championship to the Raiders. He really wants to, to, to be his own man, you know, and get out of the shadow of his father, Al Davis. Now, Al Davis, of course, is NFL royalty, you know, and, and if there was a Mount Rushmore of NFL important figures, Al Davis better be on that list. There would be no NFL if it wasn't for Al Davis, actually. But I will say that uh, Mark says that, you know, it was really important to, to him that he gets out of his dad's shadow and he brings a championship to the team. Uh, and, and he understands it's going to take time. And so he's given McDaniels and Ziegler his blessing to do what needs to be done in order to bring that championship. And, of course, that means getting rid of the, the bloated contracts, uh, cutting players that were drafted that haven't lived up to expectations. And all of our free agents are basically depth guys. And, and that's what you have to do and hope to build through the draft, which we're hoping that the Raiders do. Obviously, Ziegler has an opportunity in his second draft to draft some impact players and hopefully do what Seattle did last year and draft some difference makers that could potentially help us win. I, I would say, what would you say our, our believable win total would be this year? What do you think that is? I'd be happy with about nine, 10 games. I mean, probably like nine games. <laughs> yeah, I would say at the high end, we're probably nine wins. Uh, and at the low end, uh, I don't want to talk about the low end. Yeah. But, I mean, the good news is if they don't win a lot of games, I've heard that the quarterbacks coming out in the draft next year are pretty great, and they actually make these quarterbacks look terrible in comparison, So uh, the quarterbacks from this this year's draft. So, you know, I guess it's it's a win-win. If, if the Raiders overachieve this year and they do well, then we're stoked because that means we're on the right path. But if they don't and we end up with the top five pick, there's an opportunity to get a difference maker at quarterback. Yeah, I guess we're kind of in that spot, you know, with the win-win. Uh, I mean, at one point, being a you know being being a Raider fan, it's been it's like every year we're rebuilding again, you know, and you're just like you're tired of it. And so, even for me to hear like it's a rebuild again, it's, it was hard to swallow. But at the same time, you, I'm starting to see what they were doing, and and I know that it, it the there was more holes than I even thought, you know, and especially with that you know that team that went to the playoffs and lost to the Bengals, you know, you're like we were right there, but it, it's almost starting to see like that was more of like your your fairy tale storybook like movie ending than something that was sustainable like you wish it would have been 
But uh, you know what? I mean, rebuilding, retooling, I mean, whatever it is, you know, hopefully we're making the right moves, getting the right people in there to win some championships. Yeah, if you're anything like me, uh, Raider Nation, I, I've been listening to, you know, the podcasts and the and NFL Network and ESPN. Everybody talks about the Raiders and how we're just not going to be good this year, you know, and, and we kind of have to accept that. And, you know, I get, <laughs> I feel the rage because of how long it's been and how long we've had to wait. You know, it's kind of like, oh, this will be our year. This will be our year. But now they're saying, oh, this is definitely not going to be our year, you know. And so you you get upset and you get frustrated and you want to, you know, you want to scream because it's like, dude, how long is it going to take? But I think the one thing that we can kind of hang our hat on and find some consolation in is that for the past decade, the Raiders have not wanted to admit that it was a, uh, a rebuild. You know, nobody wants to mention rebuild. Everybody wants to say reload. Uh, you know, we just have to sign this guy or we just have to sign that guy or we just have to get this difference maker, or that difference maker, or whatever. You know, I, I think this this year them saying, yeah, well, it's probably going to be a rebuild. I mean, that's almost refreshing because, you know, we haven't heard that before and maybe that's what it takes. And, you know, there are, the, there are teams that can rebuild quickly, you know, I mean, like I said, look at what Seattle did last year. Everybody thought Seattle was going to be hot garbage, and they ended up way overachieving, drafting some great defensive players in the draft last year that basically took them, what, they made the playoffs, right? Yeah, and they got a high high pick this year. If I'm Seattle, like, how are you not drafting a quarterback? Like, they, you're not going to be in the top 10 next year, so now is your opportunity. I know they got Geno there, and I'm stoked for Geno. Yeah. He's turned his entire career around, but, like, draft a quarterback, and you're good to go. You know, you have your quarterback of the future, and you've got a kick-ass team. Seattle's really what I hope the Raiders are this time next year. Yeah, the sooner you can get that young quarterback, whether he's starting or on the bench, as soon as you get him in place, I mean, the better. Because, you know, you give him a couple years learning behind somebody or just the more experience he can have in this league. It's only going to uh, better him for the future. So looking for the Raiders to maybe pick somebody up this year. But, I mean, if we have to wait till next year and just build this defense, I'm all right with that as well. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Down With The Ship, a Raider Nation podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to a, a, another episode with us. Uh, if you would... If you would be so kind, uh, go ahead and find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the handle is at DWTS Raiders. Uh, once again, it's at DWTS Raiders. And then it's down with the ship Raiders. And uh, let us know what you think. You know, give us give us your feedback. Let us know if you think that we're, we're awesome. Let us know if you think we suck. Uh, you can send us uh, uh, suggested topics to discuss here on the show. Uh, you can also send us questions, and we promise to uh, answer each and every one of them. Because, again, th this podcast is for you guys, the Raider Nation. We love you. Uh, it's like a family, and, and that, that's what we want this podcast to be all about. You know, once again, our goal is to build a podcast by Raider fans for Raider fans. So reach out and let us know what you think. We'll be here uh, planning to uh, continue to bring the uh, content, doing our best to keep it 100, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, bringing the attention to the team that we all know and love, the Las Vegas Raiders. So, signing off, this has been Matty Mayhem with my co-host Sean Carnage. Thanks a lot, you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.